Hey friends, welcome to Death and a Butterfly. I'm your host, Carrie. Join me as we delve into a broad spectrum of topics, including, but not limited to, spirituality and well-being. Sharing knowledge for the modern journeyer, welcome to the thought process. Glad you're here and we can resonate together. Please like and subscribe to stay updated. And if you enjoy what you hear, please share with someone you love. Hello and welcome. This podcast is actually coming in from a request from a client who really struggles with embodying self-compassion. So, I figure I'll maybe speak to some of my own experiences on this and then maybe give some sprinklings of information in between. So, I guess let's start with what self-compassion is. Um... I believe that self-compassion is being able to hold space for yourself, being able to speak kindly about yourself, knowing that you're never going to know everything and it's not always going to be perfect, but being able to hold that space for yourself when you feel like you're failing or you're not living up to an expectation that you've set for yourself, or that someone else has set for you. Um, I feel like self-compassion is such a big... I'm just going to say an issue for a lot of people. Because... As a society, we are not taught that it is okay to be vulnerable, that it is okay to hold space for yourself. I mean, if we were little and we didn't win the soccer game, we wouldn't be rewarded with whatever. Um, And you would always be concerned if someone would call you stupid or you're not good enough. And then so... It's like someone tells you those things and then, do you believe it? So, self-compassion. Why is it so inherently difficult? Why is it so hard to embody? Well, Maybe it's because we don't want to be vulnerable. Maybe we don't want to sit with our emotions or our feelings. And maybe we prefer suffering in silence. Maybe we're protecting ourselves from having to get into those deeper questions of why we are the way we are. So self-compassion, 
I'll give you a minute here. Why do you think self-compassion is so difficult for you? All right, so I'm going to be reading a couple excerpts from the book by Dr. Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I'm going to try and segue some of this into what I'm trying to get at in terms of self-compassion. So if 95% of our brain activity is subconscious activity or unconscious, that leaves us with only 5% of brain activity that we are conscious of. So for this book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. The excerpt, I'm going to, well, I'm going to read a few from this chapter, but it's about overcoming time and just being present. And while this doesn't necessarily really scream self-compassion, I'll try and tie it together just to make a bit more sense. You've learned that when human beings try to change, we react much like addicts because we become addicted to our familiar chemical states of being. You know that when you have an addiction, it is almost as if your body has a mind of its own. As past events trigger the same chemical response as the original incident, your body thinks it is re-experiencing the same event. Once conditioned to be the subconscious mind, through this process, the body has taken over for the mind. It has become the mind, and therefore can, in a sense, think. So, I'm going to tie this into self-compassion because I really do feel like many of us, and that's a very big many, (laughs) like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of us are addicted. We like to draw on reliving experiences and retelling stories. And then exactly what it stated in this excerpt is like, you get addicted to feeling those emotions. You get addicted to these rush of hormones putting you into a stressed state that you just consistently need to be in that feeling. And so if we wake up every single day and we choose, uh, fuck, it's another day oh, fuck, I have to go to work to that shitty job with all those coworkers I hate. And oh, look, I'm still fat. And, you know, it's like you kind of go on and you tell yourself these stories and then it's like you're setting the tone for your day by saying all these things that you don't like and patterning these things that you don't want But in a sense, by bringing that consciousness to it, 
and bear with me because clearly this is subconscious programming, but if I'm bringing that consciousness to that level in the forefront of my day as soon as I wake up, well, I'm just going to be getting more of exactly what I'm saying I don't want because I'm putting the focus on it. So if we're so addicted to these emotions, doubling back, why is it so hard to have compassion for yourself? Well, if I'm consistently telling myself the things that, say, a bully told me when I was nine, then it's going to be harder and harder to find self-compassion for myself because if 95% of my brain activity is subconscious and I have kept repeating this lack of self-compassion for myself with this negative self-talk and reinstating that I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm too much, I'm a failure, I'm insert anything that you literally tell yourself every day. If I am subconsciously programming and telling myself that, and my brain is going to believe exactly what I'm telling myself. So then, could we not deduce that if I'm consistently telling myself these things, then I'm going to believe these things? And perhaps then if I believe these negative things about myself, then I must inherently be that. And if I am such a terrible or bad person, then it's going to be really, really hard to find some self-compassion for myself. So, I just want you to think that if you are so unconscious of the things that you're saying, you're basically running in autopilot. And I think that's a big, big one for negative self-talk. Next excerpt. (laughs) Here's how it works. You have an experience which has an emotional charge. Then you have a thought about that particular past event. The thought becomes a memory, which then reflexively reproduces the emotion of the experience. And if you keep thinking about that memory repeatedly, the thought the memory, and the emotion merge as one and you memorize the emotion. Now, living in the past becomes less of a conscious process and more of a subconscious one. So that I think ties into basically everything that I round about tied into self-compassion because he's speaking from a perspective of remaining present because as soon as we go into our past thinking of that experience happened because it did happen you're no longer living in that experience you're past it but again our brains are almost hardwired or trained to go back to those things because now that's a subconscious area so Memorizing emotions begins with a thought, turns to a memory, turns to an emotion. 
So then thought is memory that leads to emotion. And then it's just a memorized emotion. So are we just acting out one big memorized emotion? Well, I'll give you some context. I used to have hella road rage. (laughs) And it would get to the point where I would like literally yell in my car at other people for doing dumb shit. But it's like, what did that serve me? Other than the fact that I allowed it to sometimes ruin my day. I then was getting myself worked up into my fight or flight mode, releases of adrenaline. I literally emotionally worked myself up. And for what? Something that I would forget in not even two days. So was it really worth it? No. But when we're running that subconscious programming, how do you pull yourself out of it? (laughs) Like, really? You have to retrain your brain. And I think that also ties into self-compassion because you can relearn to repattern and do all these fun, fantastic things and you can still find yourself and it seems like you're taking 10 steps back because maybe you reacted the same way to something very similar and you knew you knew better and you still chose to act that way. It's fair. Shit happens. If you have been patterning the same habits for, say, 27 years already, like, of course, you're going to have some moments where you fall back. I think the difference comes in when you're actually conscious of it. And yeah, you can still choose to react. But maybe the difference is this time you noticed that you were reacting. Whereas before, you were just running that subconscious program and you were very unconscious of what you were doing. So maybe this time around, you're conscious of what you're doing. I feel like this heavily ties into self-compassion because if you catch yourself in a moment where you aren't holding space for yourself, when you are not having compassion for yourself or for the situation, how you're acting in it, then again... How do we move forward? So if I'm having negative self-talk and I notice it, what is a way that I could maybe combat that? Could I maybe be like, hey, no, actually, I am not that and I am this instead. It's like a positive reframing in a way. But in terms of self-compassion, I feel like it could be the smallest thing to really get started. I think really starting self-compassion for yourself could start whatever time of day you really choose. But I would say try and start in the morning when you first wake up. What are things that you tell yourself? Be mindful of what you're telling yourself. Hell, I would look at it for a week. 
be very conscious of the patterns that you're doing. If you find yourself in the morning, first thing you wake up, you go to the washroom, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, you look fucking tired. And well, your stomach is not as flat and you're kind of a fat piece of shit. You know, like if you take notice of the fact that you're speaking to yourself that way, and you notice that this is a daily thing that you look at yourself in the mirror and you tell that to yourself, perhaps this could be a moment to hold some self-compassion for yourself. What if instead of that, because you've believed for so long that you are a fat piece of shit, Maybe you can actually hold some compassion for yourself by looking in the mirror and telling yourself, my body has been through a lot over the last couple years and I've made it through lots of injuries and I still am able to move my body. I think even in terms of reframing, a lot of us, and I'll use fitness as an example, a lot of us like, oh, I have to go to the gym and I don't want to go to the gym and I don't want to have to get sweaty and I don't want this and I don't, whatever excuse you want to tell yourself. (laughs) How about we reframe, have some compassion for the fact that your body is able to move, that you have the ability to freely move your body and exercise it in order to be better. Again, I feel like so much of society is patterned to make you feel less than. For whatever reason, we get into this comparison of this person is doing things better than me or has the family or has the whatever and I need to compare myself to it. And then there's a a real lack of self-compassion that comes from that because perhaps you tie back into more negative self-talk whatever it is that maybe I did X when I was X years of age and that was the stupidest thing I could have ever done. And maybe you hold some emotions to traumatic events that you perhaps still can't let go of because you could have acted differently and you didn't. Maybe you broke into someone's car when you were young and you got caught and you fucked up and now you still rerun that through your head and you tell yourself how terrible of a person you are. Now that's literally just an example. (laughs) I don't know why I felt compelled to use it, but you know, it's like a lot of things that we hang on to for the majority of our lives is replaying shit in the past and you're no longer there. You're in the present moment. So how can you have more compassion for yourself in the present moment by being conscious, bringing awareness to how you speak to yourself, how you take care of yourself, how you hold emotions, feelings for yourself, 
Are you able to be vulnerable? Or do you see that as a negative? Do you feel like, ah, if I'm vulnerable and I tell people about all these bad things that I've done, that still equates me to a bad person? No, that equates you to someone who has had life learning experience. And like all of us, we fucked up at some point. It just builds character. And it doesn't mean that you are the same person that you were three days ago. Five months ago. Fuck, five years ago. I'm not even the same person that I was two weeks ago. (laughs) And I think it's about really holding that space for yourself. Know that there are always going to be ups and downs and ebbs and flows and you need to take it as you go. But my best piece of advice is just from learning and having to figure out self-compassion for myself is emotions and feelings are there because it's based on a past experience or a trigger. And if that gets brought up for you in a situation, that is something for you to look at. And you can hold compassion for yourself. That that trigger, that trauma, whatever is being brought up, you can also choose to be conscious of it and you can choose how you react each time. You can choose to love yourself. You can choose, excuse me, negatively speak um, towards yourself. You can choose to get angry or fearful when you have an outburst about something. Or you can choose to be vulnerable and let people know this is how you're feeling because of some sort of trigger being brought up and these are the emotions. You know, like, I think there's a choice in everything. And as far as self-compassion goes, it's probably one of the biggest choices that you could make in terms of really holding that space for yourself. Because if you can hold space for yourself and you can work on that, then you can also hold space for others instead of perhaps pouring judgment on them as well. Because if you judge yourself, you judge others. So, self-compassion. Why is it so hard for you? Do you struggle with being vulnerable? Do you like to sit in your suffering? Do you like to protect yourself from essentially leveling up by patterning negative self-talk or other subconscious behavior that doesn't serve you anymore? And what can you do starting right now in this moment to practice more self-compassion for yourself? And it's going to look different for everyone. That's the beauty of it. Your journey is your own. So thank you for listening. And I hope you got something from this. However minor it might have been.